Welcome to Unstoppable Hospitality, your host Arjun Selam. Today's guest is so interesting. I always say they're interesting guests on my show. The reason I say that because they all have different impact on our life, our business. His name is Steve Fay. I met Steve long time ago. The reason I'm doing this interview is not just because I met him, and, but he's also is very successful in his field. Uh, the reason I, will, I got this guest is because he gave me the best advice how to become a great or awesome wine salesman. I had the knowledge about wine and spirits, but I didn't have no wine, no skills of selling. He was, at that time, he was working uh, in a uh, uh, liquor store, and I was waiting for him, you know, so I can uh, make an appointment in person. And, but he was so busy. But he took his time. He got up from his chair while he was tasting with other alcohol distributors, and he kind of acknowledged me and he said, listen, I know you're new in, in this business, but I want to give you a couple advice. First, you have to call the place. Make an appointment. When you come to the appointment, make sure you come on time and you have the best knowledge. I took that as a, one of the best advices. I went back to my car. I was thinking about it. And I thought that that was the best advice when it comes to selling. From that day, I did very, very well. I never sold him anything. Uh, that advice made me a great wine salesman. Today's guest is Steve Fay. Welcome to the show, Steve. Thank you so much, Arjun. Please introduce yourself. Tell the so, world who you are. <laughs> so, um, Steve Fay, he uh, has been in the business for about 18 years now in different capacities. Uh, has had everything from being my own home winemaker, to working on the distribution side, to working on the restaurant side, to working on the retail side as a buyer, marketer, and seller uh, of new and existing properties uh, that light me up, that I want my customers and my clients to find out about. So uh, live in Northern New Jersey, uh, happily married with three children, no pets yet. Uh, I am a cyclist and uh, a traveler and a foodie and a student of uh, essentially everything and anything that I can get my hands on. My wife calls me a hopeless academic because the reality is that uh, I'm always looking to learn things and uh, sometimes I get it right and sometimes I don't, but that's okay. That's why they call it life. That's who I am in a nutshell. Wow, that was, uh, that was perfectly done in a very yeah. short time. Yep. <laughs> well, let, 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 let's rock and roll. Let's 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 find out uh, how you started in this business. Uh, what was your first job in the hospitality business? So um, I, you know, it's funny. I was in my past life. I was a hospital administrator. I was actually a social worker and a therapist, and then a hospital administrator, and had gotten bitten by the wine bug. Relatively early on, actually, as soon as I graduated from college, I was at a restaurant with my, my wife, my, at that time, my girlfriend's family, and tasted a California wine that absolutely was unlike anything I'd ever had before. So that lit me up, started 
voraciously reading about and studying uh, why wine was expressing itself in that way versus mm -hmm. other alcoholic beverages and non-alcoholic beverages. What was it about wine that was different? And I was voracious and obsessed with finding out all about this. Um, little by little, lot by lot, uh, through tastings, through hitting every possible trade-ish type event as I could, everything from actual trade events to um, making road trips up to Boston for the Boston Wine Expo. Um, and one day I was uh, actually with my wife at the time we were married. Uh, we were at the Boston Wine Expo and I was tasting through several of the different tables and I had stopped at the table for Benziger. And Kathy Benziger, uh, part of the family, was actually tasting behind the table. And I've told her this to this day. She's actually the reason why I'm in this business. And I told her that once and she almost fell out of her chair. She was like, how is that possible? But it was a long story. Long story short, um, she uh, essentially tasted, she was there at the table and I was kind of watching her from a table and a table and a half away, watching her operate. She tasted with consumers and was one way. They left. Uh, a person from a restaurant came in uh, that she would typically sell to, and she completely chameleonized herself, changed immediately, started talking to them in a different way. They left. Uh, another another distributor came through and was tasting her wines, not her distributor, but another distributor. She completely changed her tactic again. They left. A consumer came in. She changed back to another tactic. And she did this. I watched her for literally about 15 minutes and just watched her magically change very dynamic. And I said, you know what? I can do that. I can do that. And I want to do that. And I love this beverage. I love this product more than most people in a normal kind of way. And I said, I want to do this. I want to do this. How do I do it? So I went up to her and I said, I've been watching you for the last 15 minutes. I'm blown away. And she's like, yeah, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. It's so nice of you to say. I'm like, no, no, no. I'm seriously blown away. And it's changed me. And I want to do what you do. How do I do it? How do I get in? And she went through a couple of different options. You can do the restaurant route. You can do the retail route. You can do the, uh, the distribution route. So I essentially did all three of them at one shot all at the same time. I, I started working in a restaurant, uh, assisting the wine merchant, I'm sorry, the wine, bro the wine buyer and the, the, the lead som there. Uh, at the same time as working at uh, a retail setting in Hell's Kitchen in Manhattan. Uh, and at the same time as assisting with some work that a distributor was doing. Um, two out of those three, I was not paid for. I didn't care. I wanted in. I wanted in by any means necessary. Um, I also was just, it was out of love. It was a labor of love, essentially, because I wanted in, but I just wanted to just be that world. Um, so that person 20 years ago is the same person I am today. Uh, in the sense of always wanting to learn, always wanting to be in the middle of the, the eye of the storm to really kind of get my sense of what that's about. So essentially, I started out doing retail um, and restaurant work, peeled the restaurant work piece off, stayed with the retail primarily because it was what the opportunity was at that time uh, financially. Um, and then I moved over and did some work with a major supplier, uh, wholesaler supplier in Manhattan. Uh, uh, and that was extraordinary. Most of my work there was on-premise, on-premise meaning restaurant bars, off-premise consumption, meaning retail, uh, where they 
buy the, the beverage and they take it off premise to consume it. So that's how they, that's how we break up the two different types of worlds. Um, and they are two different sides of the brain. When you're selling and working in those worlds, working on premise is very different animal than working off premise, whether you're selling to them or whether you're actually in that kind of world. Um, so I essentially, long story short, because it's a long story, uh, long story short, I worked in the uh, distribution world for a little about a year and a half. Um, phenomenal experience, but I had a very young family living in New Jersey. I was working in Manhattan. I was there till 9, 10, 11 o'clock every night. Um, working the restaurant world, um, it starts at like 2 p.m. And then the buyers go into service. So they're not available pretty, pretty much from 5 p.m. until 9 p.m. So that window of time, I would visit my retailers and then go back to my restaurant buyers. Uh, so the restaurant world is, is interesting because it starts later, typically, typically, uh, and finishes much later, whereas the retail world kind of starts earlier, 9, 10 a.m. works, uh, work with and, and sell and selling. Uh, but I ultimately stayed on the retail side, moving over to Jersey because I needed to because I had a young family, yada, 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 had to get over to New Jersey and was working in the, in the company that you and I first met at. Um, phenomenal experience a lot of oversight, wearing a lot of hats, uh, fast learning, went through the experience of the 07, 08, 09 recession, yes. which changed everything about how we do our business. People joke and say, ah, alcohol, the, the wine and liquor business is recession proof. No, it's not, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. So long story short, um, I uh, stayed with uh, that retail setting and then, um, moved over to another retailer, which is where I am right now. Uh, but that's kind of where it started. I just really kind of pushed my way in. I sold my way in. I had no business working at that restaurant. I had no experience, literally had no experience. And it was a fine wine, fine dining French restaurant. I had no business working there. Yes. Um, but I essentially sold myself based on my passion, based on what my goals were. And I found the right person in that retail, in that restaurant setting that my story resonated with him. And he took me on. Uh, it was a short-term scenario, which is cool. Um, but that's how I got in. I basically sold my way in, you know. Well, let's break it down now. Mm -hmm. uh, well, forget about the restaurant business because you didn't stay for so long. So you're mm -hmm. more on sales and retail. Correct. Uh, your first sales, uh, sales jobs was with, uh, I believe, with Weinball? Uh, and on the wholesale side, yes. The wholesale side, yes. Correct. And how was your experience? No, Weinball is phenomenal. I mean, Weinball is uh, it's a movable feast. You have things that are happening every day, every week, every month, every year, where there are different dynamics, not only with people's priorities and goals that oversee you in your departments mm -hmm. and the and the rings the circus rings in which you work mm -hmm. but there's also new products and new aspects of product and new ways to sell that product happening every single day so the, the world of the supplier is it's a challenging world you got to be able to kind of really be up to the task so to speak of knowing how to work in a fast-paced dynamic ever-changing uh ever-changing product line, ever-changing goals uh, and priorities. Um, there are, are fire drills here and fire drills there, and sometimes they go at the same time. Um, but that, uh, but the other piece that was amazing about Winebow is mm -hmm. I learned how to manage my numbers. 
mm-hmm. people oftentimes manage and sell and market by all what's in their heart. And, and that's good. That's important, obviously. But if you don't know how to manage and to sell and to run your business based on numbers, even as the individual sales rep, who he or she has their own individual like enterprise, yes, yes. they have to run their business by the number. Numbers have to rule and drive you because if they don't, you will not make money. You will not make your goals. You will not have your business fluid. It's an obvious thing, but yes. many people don't do that. They just, they, they run with this bubble in the sky of, you know, the romantic side of the wine business and that's there, but that's actually just window dressing. This is wine business, not wine hobby. You know, exactly. so wine boat taught me to run my business by the numbers. Um, and it was a bursting of my bubble, mm-hmm. truth be told, because you have, you are caught up in, in, the, in the romanticism and, and the marketing of wine mm-hmm. is really about making consumers see this beautiful bucolic image. And it's true. They are beautiful. They're like mind-blowingly beautiful vineyards yes. and locations. And, mm-hmm. and, and what wine does to you is, is uh, on a cosmic level spiritual uh, in many cases but the reality is that in the business on the business side of this it's a business and you have to be focused and strategic and fast-paced and smart and be a student every for me i've been successful in a number of things but one of the reasons is because i'm a student i'm Mm -hmm. always learning every week how to do what i do better and whether that be interacting with my with ownership or interacting with colleagues or interacting with customers or interacting with vendors or suppliers every single week so it also it keeps you humble yes so be a student be humble be open because we're all kind of in this together i had one sales rep basically school me once saying to be like steve we're all in this together because there is a lot of there is a there's a there can be a false um war like scenario set up between buyers and wholesalers and you know it's us versus them and many old guard buyers have that mentality it's just that's just not to kind of think that way because we're all in this together you know we're all trying to make a buck we all have our own private personal and the company agendas that we're coming forward with so anyway it's not new information but I, i remember that he said that to me and it really stuck with me because we are we're all in this together Yes. Um, whether you're, so regardless of what side of the fence you're on, yes. we're, all, we're all, all kind of in this together, um, even though many people do not think that way. But I happen to think that way for yes. better or worse. Wow. That's, that's amazing. So we're going to move to the retail side, okay. and which you are still in this retail side, and you are very successful doing that. Uh, also, besides when I introduce myself, when I introduce you, uh, what impact you had on me. Also, I saw something was very special and that was the place we, we met. That was a shopper's, uh, I think, a store in, uh, yep. in Clifton. Clifton, New Jersey. And very busy place. Very yeah, yeah. busy place. We were lined up doing all the wine tasting. The, uh, the, the, the salespeople were behind waiting, you know, one by one to, to meet you and uh, taste their product. But meanwhile, while you're doing that, customers, they're mm-hmm. looking for you. Mm-hmm. They're looking for your, uh, I call a suggestion about which one to buy it. Explain me that, that uh, tell us that experience, how you manage that, and why so many people are looking for you. Um, well, I'm flattered, thank you. <laughs> yes. 
it's a very nice picture that you yes. you paint of me not sure you know i i, I we could spend like 47 hours just on that question alone yes. because what's happened in at least in my uh experience in the wine world uh wine and that's only whatever like whatever 10 years ago mm -hmm. from then to now wine is now a lifestyle product it is not a prestige bling bling item that you need to have to be able to you know impress your friends coworkers, colleagues bosses friends lovers ex-lovers whatever the case it's not that anymore i mean it is i guess for some people but the reality is that wine is confusing it can be daunting um the the buildup of the image of wine um is stupid and it really isn't that it really isn't what marketers and it really is a marketing thing i mean uh the images uh that wine's very confusing and it's high level and you have to be very sophisticated so that if you have the strangest ounce or the merest ounce of knowledge about it you're a king or a queen so um the reason for the drive of customers in particular to want to see me is just because they want to have a sense of relevance and meaning uh, and validation and feel confident about the money they are spending on products that they have no idea about um, and that was true a decade 15 years ago that is true today um, yesterday i was selling bottles of Shelton of the Pop that were $485 a bottle. And think about that for a second. It's $485 a bottle. And I have quote unquote wine savvy consumers asking me how this is like the board, the first growth Bordeaux that they've been buying from me. Mm -hmm. And part of me is my heart's breaking because the reality is that they're like galaxies apart. They're totally not even comparable. But the other part of me is that there's that the reality is even the, the smartest wine consumer, and there are many of them right now, um, need to know that what they're spending their money on is meaningful. So there's only one way that there's only one silver bullet. And if you're going to talk silver bullets, there's only there's many things in this business, as in many businesses that are similar in terms of marketing and sales. But there's one thing that's very significant, and that's relationships. So if they trust me, that's a big privilege. It's an opportunity for me to a, sell hard stuff to them, but they need to trust me. And that trust is something I hold very, very dearly. So anyone who's in this business or any sales related business, don't fuck with trust. It is a very big deal. Um, me being able to sell Shackin' of the Pop, that's almost $500 a bottle to somebody who has never even had Shackin' of the Pop before. I mean, like, what the hell? But they trust me. And I take that very, very seriously to my grave. So that's about me extending to my, sending myself out and saying, listen, I would tell you to run away from this. I have no dog in this fight. If this is not something that I think is for you, it's not for you. So it's not really about me putting myself in their shoes and seeing, is this something that's going to resonate with them? That's going to bring meaning to them? 
and to their life, because this is serious, wine is a very real thing. Yeah. It's not about buying a pair of shoelaces. You're buying a, an agricultural product. And this agricultural product is a bottled, is bottled time. And it's very meaningful to you as the high level wine buyer. Um, or the new newbie wine buyer that doesn't want to spend more than 15 bucks. It doesn't matter. If um, I have that relationship with people because I know how important that trust is. And I would not screw around with that. I, I do not screw around with that. So the reason people were looking for me is because I get the value that wine and good wine choices bring to their life. It's not like I feel good about my, it, it, it actually is, I feel good about myself because I bought something really special. And how do I know it's special? Because Steve told me it was special. And there's thousands of names. I'm not the only guy who does this or girl who does this. But the reality is, is that's the relationship thing. On the flip side, with the suppliers having lined up, so the better, the best buyers, the best buyers, and this goes across any business, although mm -hmm. maybe not every business, but the best yes. wine buyers are the best salespeople. The best salespeople are the best buyers. There are two sides to the same coin. So if I know I have a market to sell wines from your book, Archie, for example, yes. I'm going to want to bring you in and talk to you. Or I may not have a market for your book. Let's say you sell wines from Uruguay or sell wines from Georgia uh, or sell wines from uh, you know, wherever. Greece is a good example. Yes. If I don't have wine, if I don't have customers that are going to buy your wines, I'm not going to bring it in. So I'm not going to be buying your stuff if I can't sell it. Um, when I went from shoppers to another store, I have a different clientele at this new store. I could buy different calories of wine. So long story short, um, the, the suppliers want to work with me because I can move their product. Yes. All right. Yes. Yes. I'm a nice guy. Yes. I can be a jerk sometimes. Yes. I can be brutally honest where it's really not, they didn't, weren't expecting it, nor do they want yes. it. Honestly. Yes. But the reality is that I can move their product. If yeah, I can move your yes. product, yes. I'm now your best friend. Yes. You know, well, now it's real people. People who understand, they don't take it. Like when you say that you jerk, you got nothing to do with that. I do. I, I did understand what you mean because I want to be successful. I say sure. I want to be like you because I also did. Uh, I, I'm still in restaurant business. I did wine sales and I did also retail. I worked uh, for a very famous uh, retail uh, store, Total Wine. I learned a lot. Sure. So the sure. reason I did Great. that because I want to learn all the fields just like you did yep. and it wasn't for the money it was for the love yep and the restaurant business still gives you the money and pleasure let's move to the next so we're breaking down your, <laughs> your your life your your experience now you are with very famous store retail store mm -hmm. liquor store uh where somebody became so famous and sure. they made that uh, place famous and he's very famous himself uh wine library and and Gary Vaynerchuk, he's the man. He built it with his father, and you are working for them. And what's your position there? I'm the sales director there. I'm uh, one of the senior buyers. Um, mm -hmm. They brought me on, whatever now, seven or eight years ago now, I think it is. But they brought me on from the perspective that I wasn't starting from the bottom up. I actually had, I came with a lot of experience. So they brought me on at a higher level to immediately jump into buying promotion building promotions marketing brands building brands selling to low mid and high level customers and low mid high level meaning dollar amount not so much knowledge or mm -hmm. professional status but how yes. much people spend mm -hmm. um 
So just having that knowledge. So that's so I'm the sales director there, but I mean, we all we all sell. It's a sales driven organization. It's a marketing driven organization uh, of wine lovers and mm-hmm. savvy savvy wine operators. Uh, so that's what I do. Explain to me what's the difference. What wine library is so different from other retailers? So ninety five percent of retailers out there actually don't know how to sell. And I say that from having watched every single retailer out there and from, from bike shops to music stores, to clothing stores, uh, the ones that are most successful are the ones that know how to sell. How do you know how to sell? Every single person who walks in there in the building, you should be treating them like gold. First of all, second of all, uh, there should be follow up. It's salesmanship 101. It's marketing 101. So what's the marketing piece? The marketing piece is finding your peeps and putting them and holding them close to your heart always. Um, will we appease everyone every one of the time? No, of course not. But finding your peeps. Who are my peeps for $500 chef enough to pop? Who are my peeps for $15 Greek wine? Who are my peeps for kosher wine? Who are my peeps for, uh, you get the picture. The point is finding the people, segmenting out, finding out what makes them tick, building a relationship with them, listening, always listening, listen more than you talk, finding those people, cherishing them, cultivating a relationship with them. Because this is a relationship. This is not uh, a one and done scenario. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's a long term and it's a growing situation. You have to grow your people speaking to them. I saw a great post on LinkedIn a day or two ago, and I've been talking about it for years and years. Stop with the fucking emails. Pick up the phone and call people. Speak to them. Stop with the emails. Emails are important. It's still actually the number one way that we move products without question. I'm the first to admit that, but I can't stand it because everyone gets emails. Um, Instagram, Twitter, but Instagram in particular is a particularly interesting way to reach a whole new segment of people. That's also marketing. So finding out the different channels to reach new markets is hugely important. And, and talk to people. Don't, don't talk at them. Talk with them. Um, that's number one. Um, uh, but it's Wine Library is fast-paced, innovative. We're constantly challenging ourselves. And with the addition of every new buyer or new person on the floor, it changes the mix. And, and we listen to each other and we hear each other. So the point is it's a fast-paced sales-driven organization. Um, and also knowing how to buy. The, Cardinals, the cardinal rule of buying is only buy what you can sell. Duh, of course. But during the recession, that was actually the, that was the biggest thing that I learned. Mm-hmm. Like, and it's the most obvious thing. Don't buy what you cannot sell. So only buy what you can sell, which means know your peeps. Who are your peeps? Who will buy what you want to? Who will, who will buy what you want to buy? If you can't sell it, don't buy it. Um, so you use a lot of data. Mm-hmm. We use data to find out what has sold at what price points in the past. Mm-hmm. What congregates or, or rather aggregates of, of people uh, at what price kind of tiers has bought in the past. So should I take a flyer on 30 cases of this high-end mm-hmm. you know, wine? So should I do that? I don't know. I mean, let's look at the data. 
you're looking at data, you're looking at your at qualitative experience, your quantitative experience. Um, so, uh, but it's, it's, it's a sales driven animal uh, and it's fast and it's innovative and we have to keep changing and rechanging the rules and challenging ourselves. And there's energy at the core that yes, does drive from Gary. And every time he comes in, he's, he's just, he's just wired differently than anyone else I've ever met before. <laughs> so true. And I don't mean that to say like he's a robot, but I think I, he's just, his DNA is different than anyone else. And I've learned more from being in a 15, 20 minute, you know, phone conference meeting with him than I've learned from semesters in college. Just because he's just, he's fast. He's, he thinks outside the box. He challenges himself and he challenges others. And he is a hard ass, hardworking guy. He's a really hardworking guy. And that's like, that's one of the things I've learned from the wine library, probably more than anything else. You know, I had this conversation with a good colleague of mine, Ian Doran, years ago. And I was like, there's got to be a different way to sell. There's got to be a different way to do this. What is that silver bullet? What should we be doing that's going to cut through all the email BS? Mm-hmm. What is it? What's the answer? And we talked back and forth. And here's the answer. Work harder. Exactly. Work harder, period. That's it. Work harder, work smarter, work braver, take more risk, work harder. Most people forget the basic element of work harder. That's exactly. all. That's it. Roll up your sleeves and get in there. Absolutely. Not rocket science, just work harder, man. Yeah. Well, man, man. So, I mean, that's, <laughs> so that's, I mean, that's what it is. I mean, you got to roll up yes. your sleeves and get in there because the secret to actually running a really profitable wine business that I've found, and this is not so much about wine as much as I'm sure it's about other product driven mm-hmm. kind of industries, yes, yes. is find people that can sell your product and then find the people you can sell your product to and then find those esoteric products that suppliers that nobody else can sell. Nobody so. else can sell Greek wine. Nobody else can sell $500 bottles of Chateau Neuf de Pop. Nobody else can sell high-end wines or mm-hmm. niche wines because nobody else can sell it. The suppliers are dropping their costs on it. So we buy it low and then we sell it for what the market value actually is. So you make girls profit, but you can't do that on Kendall Jackson. You can't make money on Bogle. Yes. You know, you can put my, my, my 11 year old. I have to stop you there because uh, yeah. you mentioned that uh, when I worked at Total Wine, yep. those wines were. We used to sell them the lowest price exists. Yeah, the lowest price. wines brought customers. And then we pitch in our uh, other wines. So we, we, in, that, we make money, yes, but they're also very close to those wines. Sure. Some are the cheaper, some are more expensive, but that's our salesmanship was kicking yep. in. Yep, yep, yep. So, so it's a rule for every, every type of you know, uh, wines. Sure. And that is a strategy. That's why they call them loss leaders because they yes. bring, they, you make no money on them. They mm-hmm. are commodity. They're same yes. price here as they are in LA and in yes. Utah. Like they're, it's, it's, it's available in every bodega from here to California. So yes. you make no money on them, but yeah, everyone knows to go to the store because they have Kendall Jackson at cost. Yes. And then you get in there and then the salesman whacks them over the head with, well, if you like Kendall Jackson, you should definitely try this. That model it was like 15 years ago. Yes, that was a long um, does time. Does it work? 
Yeah, totally. It kind of works. But like customers are so much smarter today than they were then. And what they'll be turned on by mm -hmm. is the brand of the store and what the image of the store represents, I think, more so than the supermarket bulk buying kind of mentality. Uh, I think that, that, I mean, it might be wrong, but the reality is that- No, no, you're right. Yeah, absolutely. Focus, that, that is a strategy and it, and it doesn't work, but customers already know that strategy from of like course, 10 years ago. So they're gonna wanna know, so that's why, and I'm not, I'm not here on a, on a stage, you know, touting how great wine library is, but the reality is um, promotion of product is what excites people, at least in my experience in the last couple of years in particular, promote brands, promote product, build brands, um, and have a push marketing scheme rather than a pull marketing scheme. Mm. Pull is, I sell KJ, I sell Santa Margarita at cost, I sell Bogova at cost. Come here because you can buy it at cost. That is a pull strategy. You pull them in and then you whack them over the head with, oh, I got this Pinot Grigio that'll really blow away Santa Margarita, blah, blah, blah. We do it also. So it's not like it's like nobody does, everyone does that. But what has been more successful is the positive promotion push marketing strategy, at least in my experience. And again, I'm only one store. We have one store that is a national footprint, but it's one store. It's one brick and mortar location, but it is a national kind of footprint, so to speak. That's but that promotion thing, from other retail stores. Yeah. And, yeah. It makes sense. Yeah. The, I mean, the, that, that promotion thing is, what, you guys is different. Do, it's like compared to the other ones, it's like second to none. I have another question. This is yep. for the small distributors, and it's so important because I, I, I I'm doing, I, I do wine buying too, you know, all the time. I also get the I call a, a talk for very small distributors, which I really respect them. I want uh, I want them to help them out too, you know, because uh, for me everybody is very important, but they have to have the right product. You have more experience because you deal with hundreds and hundreds of different. What's the best advice you give them to be successful in this business? So it's kind of a tough question to answer without knowing the product. So mm -hmm. overall, you're, there's, well, you're from there's, your experience. There's two, yeah, no, I know. Two ways to answer this, product-driven answer and communication-driven answer. Product-driven answer is, Find the retailers, find the restaurateurs, find the bars, the wine bars or whomever that are killing it in your product line. So if you have a distribution, I love talking about Greece because it is such a niche. If you have distribution in Greek wines and you're kind of, you're, you rock in Greek wines or kosher wines is another great niche, find those operators that do really well with those wines and deliver the products. Obviously, it goes our thing, deliver good quality product, but make the operator money. Deliver the product. You don't have to drop your pants in order to kind of make a placement, but you should be delivering really, really good product that would sell at you know whatever the market rate is, but you're selling it to that distributor, that retailer, that operator, that bar, that restaurant, at insanely good prices. So money talks, BS walks. So money is it gonna be a big deal. So you deliver a product that is in their wheelhouse. 
that'll get you at least onto first base and get you some money in the coffer. That's how I've I, I've seen successful small artisan artisanal uh, suppliers do really really well by finding the players, the operators that rock in that category. The other side of the coin mm -hmm. is a communication slash relationship building piece, which is frankly just as important, some might argue more important. Use every relate. So you and I haven't had much business together, but I've known you for like 15 years. And this conversation right now would not have happened had we not met that you know a few times exactly. in the very, very beginning. Use every relationship you know of to open doors and to get access. LinkedIn is a phenomenal tool that most people don't use and don't know how to use. Um, it's just a phenomenal tool. It's like Facebook for adults, Twitter for adults. It's, it's just a great opportunity for people who are serious about you know, making connections, getting points of access. That points of access thing is huge because there's a lot of people out there and there's a lot of shady characters and I don't want to deal or trust person who I don't trust sense, but I don't want to work with someone who I don't trust. Yes. But Arjun, if you came to me and said, I got this, this woman who just started this wholesale distribution and she is crushing it in kosher wine. Her products are really good. Now I don't have a huge kosher wine business where I am. It's good, but it's not huge. But the point is I'm, I would bring her in, you know? Uh, so look around you, look up, and look around your relationships and flex them, leverage them. So those, I mean, those are two very quick out of my gut answers that I would give to you. You know, find the people who are selling your wine and 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 make best friends with it. And use the people around you. Like every there's, there's like if you if people just open up their eyes and see and look at and think through, do an inventory of who you know and how do I get into that account? It's like anything else, just networking. Um, not that I'm an expert at it, but it's I when I have thought that way, I've been very successful. Like when I have been smart about how to get access, it's been so obvious and it's been very successful. So that's I mean, those are the two things I think that especially small suppliers yes. need to really yes. and they have to work friggin' all the time. Like yes. just be prepared to work twenty four seven. Um, because you don't know when your opportunity is gonna strike and you gotta be ready. Um, so that's, I mean, that's, that's my quick yes. advice. Hopefully that helps. And we have so much to talk, I mean, because your life is so busy. You have also, you're doing a lot of speaking gigs also. Sure. Uh, tell us, you know, what's, what was your experience? Well, I mean, uh, I think going back to what I was saying, I, I haven't had that much experience in speaking engagements. Um, mm -hmm. I've done a, a number of them and it's always important for me. And I, 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 I do them from the heart because the reality is I, I am kind of an academic at heart and I love to, I am a natural teacher, but I also, am, I have tremendous gratitude for what I've been taught, what I've learned and from, you know, man upstairs giving me the talents that I have to have the experience that I've had. But I just, I want to share that. I want to give it back. Um, and that's the gratitude that comes from a place of gratitude. Um, and I want to share that and give it back and, and, and help people. It's just a natural part of who I am. And a lot of some people are like this, obviously. Um, but the reality is that I just want to be able to share that. So 
being able to do speaking engagements is very meaningful to me. This is helpful to me. It's actually, believe it or not, as much as I'm, you know, I might be helping someone right yes. now. It's actually, this is important to me and it validates that I'm doing the right thing by sharing what I know so others can benefit from my experience, good or bad. Um, the teaching that I do at Montclair State uh, in a number of capacities is also one of the most enriching experiences and enriching aspects of my life right now. Like just being able to share that experience, not only about like the components of a wine, how do you structurally analyze a wine, but also you're going to be graduating in six months. This is what you better be thinking about, you know, and sharing personal things and personal anecdotal information, professional advice that has nothing to do with wine. Yes. Um, but just being able to share that is, it's, it's, it's a good thing. You know, it's just why it's why people do service because they, it's a, it's a circular kind of enrichment process that validates us as, uh, as good people, as humans. Um, long story short, it's, it's, that's, that's kind of why I do it, but yeah, it's, it's very enriching to me. And it's, it's a privilege um, in much the same way that when clients, consumers trust what I have to say or trust my direction and, and literally part with their money because of what I'm telling them. In much the same way, when students would come into a classroom and I share with them the experience I had the day before getting crushed and, and getting scammed by a supplier. And this is why, and this is how it happened. And this is what I learned from the experience. And that was 24 hours fresh. Um, but I want to be able to share that with people because, you know, they, they're, people are constantly forming and reforming themselves. So um, it just, it's an opportunity for me to, you know, give back and to, and to express my gratitude from the privileges I've had in my life. Yes. You know, so. That's beautiful. Will you see yourself in five and 10 years? What's <clears throat> <laughs> well, I'd like to be in your position running the show. No, this is an interview question. Uh, still in the wine business, surely. Um, still doing marketing uh, within the wine business on a, on a, I guess, on a larger platform, uh, mm -hmm. on, a, on a, a national or an international platform. Uh, yeah, it's it's hard because there's so many opportunities come by today that like I didn't expect. So I, I would say still in the wine business, definitely in the sales, marketing, brand building, um, buying side of, of the business. Um, it's what I'm really good at. It's what I love. So, I mean, yes. you know, it's, I'm going to probably stick with that writing, teaching, um, still doing those things as well. Well, Steve, your information was so valuable <laughs> and it impacted me again. And <laughs> also again, and because well, like you say, we're students. If you are not student in life, how are you gonna learn? And I will say thank you a lot. Appreciate it. And we definitely will talk later on for something else. Cool. Uh, you know, this was an awesome, awesome interview. Good. Again, Good. Thank you for for you know spending the time uh, with uh, with my uh, audience. And thank you very much. You're Take welcome. care of yourself. All thank right. You. Cheers, Take bro. Care. Talk Cheers. to you. Cheers.